Good Wednesday morning. This is Edward Marlowe, host of the For Those Who Inquired podcast. I'm here in studio with Neil Bradley, and I'll let you guys know before he even speaks, we flipped a coin to see who would talk first. Spoiler, it was me. Oh, that's what it was for? Yeah. I thought it was whether we were going to fill the chair or not. Oh, like the single chair? We actually, what what you guys don't know is Neil and I actually sit in a love seat to do this show in a single, in, in a no, single chair. No, I was talking chair. about the chair on the Supreme Court. I thought that's what we were, I thought that's what we were up for. <laughs> I thought we were doing this. Flipping Whoa. heads we fill it, tails we don't. So this was not, Whoa. So, this, so this turned out it wasn't really all that important. Wow, terrific. Oh, I didn't know that. I was really, uh, really into it. Now I don't care. Mm. That is a terrific, terrific segue, Neil. I don't even know what to say at that point. We might as well just go ahead and cut the podcast. Yeah, let's do that. Well, it's, you know, not that you and I talk a ton of politics here, but it, it, we it's, don't, a, it's a very... We'd, we'd fight. It's a very stressful situation, in my opinion. Uh, rest in peace, rest in power, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, but... Um, that's a hot topic debate right now, obviously. Uh, I don't want to speak any ill will of anything in particular, but filling a Supreme Court chair is an extremely difficult decision that, in my opinion, takes longer than 40 days. I don't care who the president is. If it's, you know, if it's Jesus Christ or Satan himself, I, I don't, you know, it's a, it should be an arduous task because it can be, it can be a lifetime achievement. That's that's how that works. It can be something you serve for decades, as Ruth Bader Ginsburg did. So, I hope the decision's not willy nilly. I hope it's not flippant. I hope it's not quick. Hope it's done Monday, and uh, next Monday we know who the judge is. Well, and it may just be that way. <laughs> just, I mean, it's not that hard. There's a lot of great judges. Here's one. Do a background check. They pass it. Let's move on. We'll see. I just hope they're properly vetted. That's 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 my key there. Um, I, I, I just think that, yeah, I don't mind properly vetting. I just don't like making up, having, having witnesses make stuff up and then letting them speak. Yeah. You have a problem with that. Yeah. And that's fair too. I and think let's that's go back fair... to the last one. Like, eh, it turns out it, uh, anyway, yeah. what else is going on? Well, we we're going to talk about a coin flip. No. HSAA, right? Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, that was an incredible segue to start this show and, and, wow. and I'm, my mind is blown, but <laughs> It's totally true. I was making a joke about a coin flip and uh, for high school basketball. Yeah, and it's In a Kentucky. thing. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. Like, here's the thing, Neil. Let's 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 clear, clarify what's happening right now. Okay, clarify. Uh, from a COVID nineteen standpoint, it seems that the KHSAA and apparently these these regulations were these recommendations and the officials that's official like that's happening for officials. Yes, that was on. Yeah, that that is, for, that is an actual thing. This happened over the summer, and, and apparently people have just now determined, started looking at basketball season, started looking at things. They're like, oh, we missed this. Mm-hmm. So the KHSAA has recommended a list of things happen for social distancing for multiple sports, right. and that's also included some basketball ramifications. In the meantime of these ratified ideas comes an official statement of three or four nuggets that that legally says officials for basketball this year will do a basketball tip via a coin flip. Okay. You will call heads or tails, and whoever wins the toss gets first ball. Now, that happens in football. 
Because you can't toss a football up at the 50-yard line and see who grabs it first. Basketball has always had its two more prolific, high-jumping, larger athletes go for the basketball for first possession. It's kind of a... I mean, it's there's symbolism, but I mean, from an athletic standpoint, it's a pretty cool play. Uh, the jump ball is also, and I that literally just, I did that just dawned on me. What are they going to do about possession? If you have a tie up in possession in the game, are you going to do a jump ball in the middle of the game for high school? They alternate possession. To finish my thought, because my mind is now yeah. just expanding rapidly, and that's dangerous because it's like a microwave is going to pop all over the place. And sorry, Neil, we'll have to clean the office okay. after this. But like, I, I, the the concept of not jumping for the basketball because of COVID nineteen, I get that. Except the rest of basketball is extremely physical, especially if it's a good basketball game. If it's two good teams, they're going to get up in your grill. You're going to be in that six-footed distance. You should be at least. It, uh, otherwise, it's bad basketball. You're not doing a great job if you lose your, you know, if you lose your player. There's going to be double teams, but this year basketball will start with a coin flip. The the part that I don't understand, if it's too dangerous to have a jump ball, I, to me it should be too dangerous to play basketball. Right. That that's that's, that's what the I logic. Don't, that's the logic. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. And I know that. Some people maybe are making a bigger deal out of it. Some not making much of a deal out of it. But that's what I would need to have explained to me. Right. Is, is, it, is it really going to help that much? The one-time occurrence of here's a ball, point, there you go, tip, bang. Now, I understand that's three people all together really close at the very start of the game. You're about 15 seconds, refs up. Will the officials ball. be wearing masks this year? See, I don't – I think so. But, like, for football and for soccer, what I've seen – for soccer especially, is I've seen, like, huddled up wearing a mask for soccer, but on sidelines and things like that, they're not because they're having to run consistently. The, the officials? The officials okay. haven't. They have them. They're on. They're okay. ready. You know, like gators and small but masks. I mean, they they so, can bring them up. So they could mask up for that. And, of course, if masks are, as the governor claims, nearly 70% effective, then... There you go. I would. I, I look. You should be able to do it. I'm going to take a two-sided approach to this because I, I am trying to see fair fairness, and I'm not necessarily trying to play devil's advocate here. I can see the logic in being like, let's remove one other thing that doesn't necessarily have to happen. A coin flip is not the worst way to start basketball. Yeah. And I'm glad we're playing basketball. As yeah. of knock on wood, if those are the as choices. Right I'm now. fine. And and honestly, kind of a tiny thing. Yeah. Still playing the game. Yeah. Okay. Let's flip a coin. Let's it'll be all right. Let's it. go. Um, I can I can deal with it, but but the one thing I will say is it has generated a lot of discussion, and to go on the flip side of exactly what you're saying, if I can double team an opponent, go for a rebound, dunk on a dude, hit a free throw, and we're all standing, you know, gathered up at the free throw line, which is exactly what that is, you're elbow to elbow to each right. other going for the rebound, then why can't I just have a jump ball? Why does one thing change? Right. The, the the effectiveness of the social distancing. Yeah. That, to me, I feel like is the bigger question. Well, I think what we have seen because of football, I mean, I think this, I just looked, I four or five games this week will not be played because of COVID. Some have COVID on the teams. Uh, the Henderson County-Madisonville game, uh, there are no COVID cases on those teams, but a team that one of the teams played the week before, Adam. Henderson, yeah. So It's contact tracing. It's a contact tracing uh, issue, and that's what we have on many of these. And you know if it's happening for football, 
It'll probably happen some for basketball. More schools play basketball. Oh, yeah. Even absolutely. though there's not as many players uh, involved uh, on a team, there's more schools that play. I mean, you're going to bring in Hickman County and you know, Christian Fellowship, Community Christian Academy who don't play football. So it, it'll happen at least with the contact tracing. Uh, I'm not, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed that no one gets COVID, but the odds are someone will on some team. Yeah. Just kind of the kind of the way it is and it looks as if they have uh, protocols if it happens here's what we're going to do um because uh the we had the cancellations this week because of covid yep and the other thing i will say about this too and i'm and again i am trying to be as positive as possible here but the one thing about high school basketball that is different from football your window of opportunity for games is a little bigger because you can play every day except typically Sundays and Wednesdays Correct. are saved. And and really, a lot of Eastern Kentucky <clears throat> teams do play basketball on Wednesdays. Um, it's, it's a sacred day, but, I mean, they'll, stay pl- they'll still play some basketball. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, it's pretty common in, we- in Eastern Kentucky to see sports on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's here in Western Kentucky and Central that you don't – Wednesday's a – it's a spoken day. You yeah. don't don't, you don't play it very it. often. No, but occasionally tournaments you might see a little. Bit. Yeah, if you've got to get through, and it's a good backup day from right. a weather perspective. The one thing about, and that's what I was getting to. The one thing about basketball, you've got more opponents you can draw from. If you have a cancellation or a postponement, right. you're still looking to meet your game requirements. Well, all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to make a phone call real quick. And let's. I mean, this has been the year of let's find an opponent as quickly as possible. And it's publicized who's not playing. Well, oh, so absolutely. can't play because their their opponent's contact tracing. Hey, Trig County, would you like to come here or could we come there? Let's play a game. One of the coolest things about my job, and I still don't have access to it, but I would love to have access to it. I know it exists, is the listserv. For, for KHSAA. Okay. There is a list serve where coaches post jobs and games uh, okay. and e- it's all the emails that right. they're they're it's it's basically a freedom of information, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean it's a it's like a I guess it's a good way of like saying it's like a it's a it's a giant chat board. Okay. Uh for all the coaches. Which is needed. But it's where all of the coaches exchange public emails. Mm-hmm. I mean and it makes sense, hey I'm looking for this game. I'm looking for this opponent. I'm looking for Hey, do you have film on this? Do you? It's a. It's a without without having to go on Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, hey anybody, knows uh, anybody know about you got a game? There you go. Why don't you let me know? <laughs> and you're hitting an audience that knows. That here's where I need to look if I need a game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah Which it's, is, it's a great idea. It's a marketplace for yeah. information. Yeah. Um, and I know that that list serve exists. I, I'd love to. It's where the memo went out from the KHSAA mm-hmm. uh, uh, two weeks ago, where people were just like, "Hey, we know some schools aren't socially distancing." Shame right. on you. Okay. You know, like you're, you know, the KHSAA will bring the hammer down if you don't start, you know, wearing your masks, doing your distancing, you know, and you're seeing some counties spike up for, you know, reasons maybe aren't even in the control of players. But um, as a matter of fact, I think as of last night, I don't, I, I don't know. I need to look at some numbers, but uh, Hopkinsville, I think, was. In the red, teetering, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we'll see how that all plays out for the rest of the week. But, um, yeah, we've digressed a little bit, but, I, I mean, it is what it is. Those are the types of situations that I, you can find yourself with basketball. Um, a lot more opponents. Um, you're going to have a chance to really get through a season, but it's going to be a jump ball. And high school basketball starts earlier this year. Yep. Uh, like, I think the first game I saw in there was maybe the day after Thanksgiving. If not the day, it's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's the first week of December. Not this year. It's a little bit earlier. Yeah, it is. And, um, I mean, I hope we make it to that point. I think we will. 
you know, just from a, a positivity standpoint, me personally, I think teams have been doing as, as best as they possibly can to ad hoc. 2020 has been the ad hoc year, yeah, yeah. quite frankly. Um, and you've got teams on the fly right now making decisions left and right from a safety perspective and from a scheduling perspective. Uh, right now, most of Western Kentucky has been fairly unscathed from its changes. You did have last week Caldwell had to audible. Uh, use of the term there quite appropriate, but Caldwell had to audible and play Hopkinsville um, as Hopkinsville and Christian County made its cancellation against each other and moved that to you know to October 30th. Uh, that means McCracken and Tillman are actually going to play each other on October 30th, so it's going to be a heck of a Halloween weekend. No kidding. That's also the same day that Graves County and Marshall play the Pumpkin Bowl, uh, which is essentially their Thanksgiving slash Halloween you know, celebration. They, mm-hmm. they try to play sometime between October and November. Typically it's in that final week of October. Uh, hopefully we get a spooky full moon and some crazy football that night. Nice. But but October 30th is now shaping up to be uh, Christian County versus Hopkinsville, which is a big-time rivalry at Stadium of Champions. And uh, McCracken and Tillman have resumed their rivalry. All right. I know it's your show, but since we're talking about football, I want to flip to college football because no, this it. week an OVC team added a game that had intended on not playing any games. Southeast right. Missouri, they're playing Southern Illinois. They st- Each team ramped up practices this week. And rumors are swirling, and I have no no credible source for this, but I've heard it from two or three people asking me. So I heard the racers are going to play SIU. I've heard nothing concrete on that. That's going around, isn't it? Yes. But I don't know anything about it. I can confirm that it's going around. I mean, COVID-19 is going around, too. There but, you go. You know, we can confirm that. <laughs> but right. I, what I can tell you is that it – well, let me, let, me, let me have a pointed thought here. I think, um, I'm, and I'm still thinking, the, the idea is still cooking here. I think it makes sense to play. Well, here's here's what I think might make it make sense to play, and that is uh, with the FCS playoff schedule that we now know about, where games must end April 17th, you can start them in February. February 20th would give you nine weeks. Uh, if you do it the 27th, it gives you eight weeks. If you take a pause week because of the OVC basketball tournament, which has been suggested by some, a week will come off of that. Uh, it, it may be a season where you don't play any non-conference games. This might be your chance to play your non-conference game. So, uh, again, I don't know of anything concrete on this, but I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen, not just maybe for Murray State, but for, for, but for some other OVC schools too. Here's why I like the idea. Nobody's saying you have to play the game at the end of September. They have opened fall ball to be from, what, the middle of September to about the end of December, Yeah, the end of the year. Yeah, you can play it kind of when you want. So here's what I would think. Do your fall ball schedule, if you're the racers. Let's just talk about this from a Murray State perspective and the lot, the logistical part of it. Have your fall camp. Your, your, your fall camp got basically interrupted anyways. Okay. You had to get together and tell the team, hey, we're not having a season this, this fall. We're delayed. We're postponed to the spring. Sorry about it. Here's how we're going to work through it. That's probably interrupted a great number of things. And I know that you and I have also heard rumors that <clears throat> perhaps the early fall for Murray State football wouldn't have been as, you know, as, as easy to deal with as, as people, you know, probably imagined. Correct. 
um, just from a contact tracing standpoint. That's been the big issue. I don't necessarily think COVID is rampant on campus at the moment. From the numbers that I've seen, it doesn't look like it's just decimating the population. What I will say is contact tracing uh, from a legality and from a from a um, from a liability standpoint is the big deal. Contact tracing is an absolute must uh, with 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 COVID nineteen and especially on campuses and with the athletics. You can jump in. Uh, yeah, eighty nine cases total at Murray State, seventy eight recovered, eleven active cases. Uh, as of yesterday, one new staff case, two new student cases. It's been kind of the trend, a couple of student cases here and there. Nothing nothing rampant, nothing crazy. I, I mean, I hate the fact that people are statistics, but, I mean, if you have 11 active cases and you have roughly 9,000 students, that's less than 1%. Yeah, that's. I mean, they, they've they done pretty well. Yeah. Be, I, I'll be honest about it. Yeah, to, to where we are. Okay, so take this back to the football perspective. If you had eight weeks of fall ball, let's do six weeks of fall ball. Let's start October 1st. And I know that they're doing workouts right now, and they're they're limiting themselves, and sure. you know they they have a certain number of hours that they can only meet each week. Right now, I think it's what twenty over specifically five I days. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So if you're if you're Murray State, and and all of a sudden SIU enters the arena, says we're interested in playing a game this fall. We're a regional opponent within ninety minutes. COVID's not an issue here. No. Sounds like you guys don't have an issue right now. No hotel involved. No, no hotel involved. But bussing back. Whichever way, if the racers go to Carbondale or vice versa, all of a sudden, all right, okay, why don't we meet December, I don't know, pick a Saturday. What's the first Saturday in December? 6th? Maybe, 7th. That first week of December, you've both concluded a strong fall schedule. Uh, SIU has warmed up a little bit playing SEMO, but they're basically playing fall ball. And you treat this like a spring game. There you go. You go, you maybe have 25% capacity, uh, maybe. I, I don't, let's just be arbitrary for a moment here. You take 25% capacity, that's going to be, at SIU, that's going to be, what, 2,400 fans maybe. total, maybe. That's your families, that's a few general admission tickets, that's a little bit of money involved. You do some socially distanced tailgating, maybe, probably not, but maybe, especially by that point, and you play the football game. And then you see where you are going into the spring. Okay, well, you think about it from Hood's perspective, Dean Hood. Well, all of a sudden, he gets to get live tape on yeah. 65 guys. Yeah. Uh, he can't take his full roster, you know, you know, with sure. busing, with busing and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, you're going to tell me right now that you can go play a football game 90 minutes away and get a good look of live action for your team, take that into the spring and see this is where we need to work, this is what I want to do. You do that. If, if you're serious about yeah. the football program, I, I do that. If it's on the table, I, I, I hope they do it. But I, I don't strong, know that it's on the table. I don't know if it's on the table either, but I have heard that the table <clears throat> is potentially being dressed. Well, and that SI, if the fact that SIU is playing tells you that's a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that SIU They're picked playing. up, yeah, SIU picked up a game against SEMO. Yeah. They're absolutely on board, and it's as a matter of fact, I believe Nick Hill even mentioned uh, in a press conference earlier this week that regional opponents are definitely of interest to SIU. There you go. Last time I checked, Murray State's a regional opponent. Yeah. So again, it, are we going to end up having the meal? I don't know if we're going to end up having the meal. I would have to think through back channels that the meal is being discussed. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, but now, as of as of yesterday, because it's been solidified, voted on by the teams, uh, by the powers that have to vote on it, 
The FCS playoff schedule is solidified, which means teams can now work on that spring schedule. Uh, Hopefully in a couple of weeks, maybe, we'll know what that happens to be. And if the Racers are going to play a game, hopefully we'll know within a couple of weeks if that's going to happen, if they'll play a fall game. Basketball, uh, they now have the dates on that. I would assume they're hard at work on getting that schedule together. Right? Yeah, and I would have to think you and I weren't, you know, I was trying to think of all the timetable last week when you and I were talking about this. The tough part about it is that Memphis game was scheduled for the 21st. Right. I'd have to think, especially the way that contract was written, and I, I haven't seen it word for word, but we knew <coughs> we knew that that we knew that that contract originally came with a potential doubleheader. Well, obviously the, ca- the chaos yes. of the it yes. was supposed to be the NBA. That part's probably not going to happen unless you renegotiate and you figure out when the NBA is going to restart, which we unfortunately do not know in this exact moment. I hope Memphis and Murray State still play. I feel like that would be a terrific showcase between two. Two terrific teams. I mean, yeah. Penny Hardaway loaded up this year. Oh, no kidding. The Racers loaded up this year. Now, clearly, you know, Musa Cisse playing at Memphis now, plus a few other. Uh, DeAndre Williams from uh, Evansville transferred there. Uh, is, that, is that who that was, DeAndre Williams? Yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty terrific forward for the Aces. Uh, you know, has found his services now in Memphis. Uh, they're, they're good. Also, uh, uh, Landers Nolly. Uh, from Virginia Tech is is in Memphis now. Yeah, they're good. Uh, they're going to be good. I mean, yeah, the time to catch them would be early. Yeah, time to catch them and time and oh, you don't want them in February. It would just be such a nice game, Neil. Just go to Memphis, only three hours away. Great, it'd be great. Hopefully that'll work out. Um, we may have a may have a situation where we get the basketball and football schedules close to the same time. Yeah, that's actually something. That's a possibility. I think it's an extreme possibility, and I, I tell you why. I think a lot of it. It's not even. I mean, the circumstances being what they are. I think you're going to try and def, you're going to have to try and find some congruencies. Right. Like where is where is the OVC Digital Network going to be in February when basketball and football and baseball and softball are all dominating at the same time? I've discussed with Dave and Eric. Uh, we have a little chat that goes. You're you're in on that uh, many times as well uh, through text messaging. David uh, Wander and play on Eric Sunday. Frederick. Yeah, yeah. Play, play, I would love to just have the Sunday games. Like, and you can't go. Well, you're going to interfere with the NFL. They're done. Yeah, by they're the time done. We start playing. That's, We've had a Super Bowl. That's by all then. done. Yeah. So no, you're not going to interfere with that. Uh, but they they're going to have to find a way because we have a small staff, and at Murray State, you're trying to bring folks. Uh, OVC softball, OVC baseball, football, and basketball. That's a lot of work, and you can't have everybody playing on the same day. You're going to have to somehow spread that out to get as many games on as you want because ESPN, they want the games Absolutely. on they, that they ESPN3 package, package yeah. or ESPN package, rather. Well, and here's the other thing about it, too, Neil. It's not just the schools that have the small staff. It's the OVC as a small staff. They can't have all the championships and stuff bucking up against each other all at the same Correct. time. Yeah. They just can't. Like They cannot manufacture human bodies, uh, and if they have, they haven't figured out how to do it yet, yeah. but they cannot do that from a staffing perspective. The OVC has to have some breathing room to get through what is supposed to be a semi-normal spring. Well, still, Kyle and Heather and all those folks, they do the championships. Just make some clones, man. <laughs> I mean, and since... Since there's not a zillion of them, and since there's not an unlimited budget, it's like, well, let's just go out and hire some people. 
it has to be spread out somehow. I yeah. don't know how. This is just going to be one of those years. Everyone may not be happy, but just suck it up and deal with it as long as we're able to play the games. Well, and you and I talked a little bit about this pre-show, Neil, but the one thing that I will say is baseball and softball, I'm not trying to take anything away from those Sunday games, but if you're going to pick a day, Friday and Saturday are your marquee matchups. Yes. You dig into your roster. You've got your best starters, your one-two punch. Your Sunday matchups typically are, well, let's just throw what's out there and let's get through this series. Yeah, if you have a good third starter, you're probably battling for a championship. Yeah, you're probably going to good win. third starter. Yeah, you might win the league. Yeah. And I will say this, and not trying to be a homer here, but I would say probably for Murray State softball and Murray State baseball, you know, they're probably thinking about that. Yeah. Last year, Murray State had a good third starter they did. for baseball. Sure did. Softball was very deep at the pitching position and probably was poised to do some things in OVC play before things got halted. So I'm sure, you know, uh, Coach Skirka and Coach Amundsen are thinking about that. They'd love to have the publicity and the coverage on Sunday. The problem is, is if we're going to get to January and February – and you've got basketball and football, two major revenue sports, battling for airtime. You have to make that decision, and yeah. that's a very tough decision. I, I, and and uh, fortunately, I don't have to make that. I don't. I have yeah. to live with some of the decisions, but I don't have to make that decision. And the thing about it is you can't even really, if basketball's still in its big-time throws by that point, you can't play Thursday night football. As much as I love Thursday night mm-hmm. football, that's also a double he- that's a doubleheader night for OVC. Yeah. You probably could play Friday, but the turnaround is insane. Right. You play on Saturday, that's another doubleheader night. So you're looking at either playing on a Sunday night or, let's think a little outside the box, what if you had Monday night football? You could do that. You could do Honestly, that. the key is if you'll just start them on a, that night, you could play that every week. Yeah. Just go, hey, we're playing Monday night. That would be a great idea. I. I really like the Monday night football thing. And Plus, it, it has a great ring to it. It's got a great well, ring to it. What an idea. We, we, because, you know, ESPN did it. But <laughs> the reason I think about it, and here's why. ABC did it. Well, a- ESPN didn't exist. That's when true. ABC did it. My apologies. ESPN was running tractor pulls back when ABC did it. That's that. true. They were. <laughs> if you do Monday night OVC football, you have full market, one. Two, you have a three-day break. Well, not necessarily a three-day break because you've got the baseball and the softball you're taking care of, but as far as major production yeah. for basketball to switch over to football, you've got at least a two-day break from that Saturday on a Monday. And then on Monday, when the game's over, you can go home, get your notes in. If I'm Dave Winder, poor scotch, pass out. You wake up on Wednesday and you do it all over again. I didn't hear anything you said because all is rolling in my mind. Uh, Disney, ABC, ESPN, they own the Monday night theme rights. They do. We got it. You just have to write a different rift. Just be like. Or do we get Hank to do one for us? Well, you know, he did get in. <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't have him because uh, this year. He got, uh, he got in trouble. No, it, it, this year it really wasn't the trouble. Uh, according to them, it's because uh, of the. Uh, they don't want all the rowdy friends getting together because of COVID. Yeah. So <laughs> they plan on bringing him back next year. I, I think from what I from what I read. Here's what here here's like here's how it needs to be. It needs to be like a, a like a soft like Inya. No. Um, What's all wrong with you? Are you ready for some football? No. It's and the it Monday like night football theme. Yeah. Socially. No, I know the Monday night football theme is terrific. It means like are you ready for some football? Like you got to like you know, but this year we're socially Inya? distanced. 
Whatever. Yeah, you got to. Are you ready for whatever. some football? With COVID, that's like, kind of what I feel like, anyways. The yeah, you but can't anyhow, yell it. Yeah, it has to be yeah. soft. There's like a world ambiance behind you, and it's like you're distanced in like a library and and quiet, and not yelling, and no one's in the stands. Yeah, and we, we have a different uh, definition of Inya. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, well, uh, uh, you're thinking of the group, I think. So uh, I'm thinking of uh, yeah, I'm thinking, yes. yeah, I'm thinking of the singer, yeah, yes. singer Inya. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, Inya, uh, in 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 Inya newscast, I don't mean that's a terrible pun. Um, John Morant is busy at the moment. Now, that doesn't surprise me yeah. in any way whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think um, I was I was checking out some social media yesterday, and apparently he's in the middle of working out at the IMG Academy. Do I have that right? Let me let me let me just double check that just to make sure but I am almost certain that he, I saw him busy you know working on some IMG Academy stuff. Hmm. Yeah, Mo Wells actually just tweeted this a couple of days ago. He's an LSU track field and LSU alum. He is a strength and conditioning coach at IMG Academy and Pro Sports Performance tweeted three photos of he and John ja Morant working out specifically. It looks like Sunny IMG Academy there in Florida, and it's just John Morant doing workouts uh, with the former LSU track star. Um, he's doing some some weightlifting, looks like some uh, vest training. Uh, looks like Jaws getting in the words of 2020 swole, S W O L E. Okay. Which I mean, you knew during that three month break. Jaw put on twelve pounds. That was the talk. The twelve pounds, twelve pounds, 12 not pounds. not the way you and I did. Yeah, not the way that you. No. And, yeah, the the quarantine twelve. Yes, <laughs> we or the we call it the quarantine fifteen. Right. So, um, but uh, we we digress. Jaw obviously building on rookie of the year campaign status. You want year two to not be a a a, a a a sophomore slump. There's a reason why that term exists. You know because it's not necessarily because of the player. It's because okay, well now teams are going to start trying to game plan for you. You've shown what you can do. You spent 60-plus games doing it. You scored 35 uh, against the Portland Trail Blazers in a must-win scenario in the bubble on national television. It's pretty clear you're capable of doing special things. How are we going to stop you? Um, it's the same across the league. I mean, look at what Luka Doncic has done. They have The NBA has had to completely reinvent itself to try and stop what Luka Doncic has done in his second year. So players of that caliber... A guy like John Morant, look what John did his sophomore year at Murray State. That jump from freshman to sophomore year. Mm -hmm. What can he do from his, quote, freshman to sophomore year in the NBA? Well, it starts with, you know, working out literally two weeks after his season ended. Um, the work is real. This is now a profession. I mean, it was a somewhat job for him at the college level. But if this is going to be his profession, don't be surprised if you start seeing major workout videos and major pictures coming from Morant's camp showing, hey... Rookie of the year, I'm not satisfied. We've got to get to the playoffs. I've got to be better. I've got to do these specific things to to uh, ascend to the next level. Um, and if he's going to build on rookie of the year status, you got to keep working. He knows that. I I'm, I'm stating the obvious, but it, it's happening. There's visual evidence that it's happening right now. In off season for those players, especially the elite caliber, simply means there are no games because there is no off yeah. There's season. no yeah exactly. You're not isn't you're not done <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets, it's continuous work, continue to look to get better. They have a great knowledge uh, base at their disposal where they can ask, what do I need to do to get better? 
what can I do? Here's the things you need to do. Then you go to the people from a nutrition and physical standpoint. How can you help me accomplish these things? Right. And that's what he'll do. Uh, the studying film, he's going to do that in the offseason. You can bet on that. It's just what he does. Uh, but he'll make a jump. He's just one of those kids that's never satisfied, and that's a good way to be. It's a really great way to be, and I can promise because of uh, the way that the season ended, not satisfied. I think a lot of that had to do with injuries, but he's not going to make any excuses. Next year, you want to have the cushion to the point that if you fall through a little bit, you're still going to be in the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, Major League Baseball playoffs are upon us. Yes. And the NBA playoffs, of course, roaring to uh, a frenetic NBA Finals finish as the Lakers and Denver Nuggets uh, are attacking. The reason I'm saying this is... uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, and really Stratomatic, uh, you know, I've been yep. you know cordially invited and been playing in your Stratomatic League, and I appreciate that, but it has reinvigorated the search for Ja Morant and Zion Williamson rookie cards combined with the excitement of Major League Baseball right now, even though it is a truncated and abbreviated season, has reinvigorated my love of card collecting. And I'm not out spending thousands and thousands of dollars, but I'm definitely what I would say back in the fold of talking about it consistently with other collectors. Come to find out, there are lots of collectors in Western Kentucky that are now just back in the mix looking for specific guys. Neil, I've got a hot hand right now. I'm yeah, you, you, I've been uh, reading some of your stuff. Yeah, I've it's got big pulls. I've got some big pulls, man. Like not like major, like oh, one of one refractor autograph, like you know, grandma, you know, visit with grandma cards. It's like to like they call like the, those are the cards that are like worth thousands. I don't know of, what you're talking about. Well, those are the cards that are like worth thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm not that lucky. Like I don't pull like the here's a signed baseball that's been mailed to us from the moon, you know, and sign, out of a baseball card pack. How's that possible? Well, so right, <laughs> there are rare inserts that every set has that are ah, just okay. ultra, ultra rare. Okay, like the rarest card right now for Zion Williamson is a gold vinyl like refractor that's been signed by him and also has like a small patch on the card. It's worth so it's like, in how, X number of packages? It's in one package only. Oh, wow. And it's already been pulled. That, oh, holy like smokes. It, it's worth like 55 grand right now. So you have a you would have a sort of like a lottery. Exactly. A exactly. Yeah, that's why I'm people a, are after yeah. this kind of stuff. So it's that chase for the yeah. ultra rare one of one pull. So what I've pulled, though, lately is um, uh, courtesy of a couple of uh, unique purchases is I was able to pull another John Morant rookie out of uh, Panini Illusions, pulled a Zion Williamson rookie uh, again, uh, got several of those as well. And then from a baseball perspective, yesterday I pulled three Luis Roberts from the Chicago White Sox, which he looks like he might be their next budding star, and uh, Bo Bichette. Dante's son yeah. that plays for the Toronto Blue Jays. So, I know you collected some cards as a, as a, as a kid. I did. Um, you put them in your bicycle. I did the spares, but I used my cards. I would uh, when I was a kid, you know, 11, 12 years old. Uh, my dad was not appreciative of my skills, but uh, <laughs> we had concrete blocks that like were filled up with glass or glass grass, but a baseball card would fit in them. So I would make my lineup out. And I would go down the line, and it's like time for you. I'd throw a rock up and try to hit it over the fence and then call the shot as it went over the fence. Or, oh, it's a line drive, but it's caught by whoever. And that's the way I would do it. I would use the cards. So they'd get handled all the time. Yeah. They weren't in good shape at all, uh, but they were used. I, I didn't – mint. I didn't even know what that meant. What the hell does that mean? 
Uh, Mint back then was a was a it was a in a gum. Cards got used, and you'd open it and be so mad. Like I don't want a checklist card. I want a baseball card. Checklist cards don't are the give worst. Me a checklist. Checklist. It's card. a they were, they were a waste. Yeah, you're screwing me. I don't you want know, any of those. Do you want to know what checklist cards are now? This like in this time. What they're the team cards. Like oh, oh here's really? the New York Mets. No, I don't want the New York Mets. I want a freaking Pete Alonso. There you go. Like yeah. I don't want the New York Mets. I want an autograph from a New York Met. I want Jacob DeGrom's autograph, which, funny story about that, actually. I guess apparently a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine, Mike Stunson, uh, former Paducah Sun sports editor and uh, one of my best friends, he uh, he was at a wedding, and the wedding party got two packs of baseball cards. One of the guys pulled a Jacob DeGrom one of ten autograph. How about that? That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's like the search. I mean, he'll have that memory for the rest of his life. Also, DeGrom is like, de good. He's, you yeah. know, he's... I don't even know. I'm, I can't even go any further with it. He's terrific. And so to pull an autograph from a couple of packs, typically you get autographs, Neil, just to divulge a little bit. It's hard to pull autographs and patch cards and things like that unless you get a, you know, you, you increase your odds by buying more packs. That's how they want you to get, that's how they get you. Like, if you get 20 packs, you might get a chance at an autograph. If you get two packs, your chances are pretty slim. Yeah. Except he pulled one as wow. a wedding party gift. Totally awesome. Really cool little sidetrack there. But that's been the hunt now. It's the relics of baseball and other sports that have people. Like, for instance, day before yesterday, a autographed Giannis Antetokounmpo with the NBA patch logo in the middle sold for a record $3 million. Wow. It was in mint condition. I mean, it was yeah. in a 9.5. $3 million. Jeez. A Mike Trout sold for like one nine earlier this summer. Million. See, my dad used to play the lottery, and he, his logic was, uh, I think on one of those, uh, the the number where you get the numbers, like 54 million to one odds. Right. But he'd get two tickets and go, my odds are now double. And I went, no, it's 54 million to two. Right. It's not double. It's not double. You have two chances in 54 million instead of one in 54 million, so... And here's I, the I thing. The logically, you think that's double, but it really isn't. And mathematically, it's always approaching infinity. You can't buy 54 million tickets and expect to win. Exactly. You can buy 54 million tickets and then the pool go way up if your numbers aren't drawn. Yeah. You always are approaching. It's a limit. Yeah. Not to get into some sort of mathematical physics there, but that's exactly how that works. From a, from a probability standpoint, you never equal one. Well, in, uh, you never get to 100%. When I got when I used to do the baseball card, you do two things. You'd hope you get a star in there. I always wanted to, starting out, of course, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, when they were playing. Oh. But you always wanted to be sure the, the base, the gum was soft. And there was a time that once once it wasn't soft anymore, it was hard as a rock. Yeah. It used to be nice and soft. Man, man, this is great. And then, like, I don't know what year it happened. Suddenly it's, like, brittle, and it was that way forever. Well, it's like daggers. But the good part is... The cards, they tend to maintain the smell of that bubble gum forever. Yes, they, yes, they do. You can smell that 20 years later. I still smell bubble gum. Yeah, you crack the wax now, yeah. even from the mid-'80s, and you can smell. The, typically, the gum's stuck to the back card. Is that right? So you hope the back card's not, you know, like Cal Ripken Jr., right. Barry Bonds, oh, no. or something like that. And you're like, oh, great. <laughs> this would look really right. good in a card sleeve with all the pink stuck to the back ah. of it. But still, the best bubble gum to ever come out of a, of a card pack, anyways, is bazooka. Yeah, I agree. Because it's the softest and it's the tastiest and it lasts the longest. Right. This right. commercial brought to you in part by bazooka. bazooka. Yeah, you gotta try to get them uh, to sponsor you. Well, Joe, 
Bazooka Joe. Bazooka Joe. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. It's been real. We're done. And it's been real. Nothing fun. else. Yeah, no, no. Unless you got something, Neil. I got nothing. Well, hopefully next week we'll have something. Where are you at on Friday? This is your last game, isn't it? Yeah, it's my final uh, game with the uh, Callaway County Lakers. I'll be at home against uh, sixth-ranked Hopkinsville. In so, Class 4A, uh, in, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they are really good. This is a district matchup. Hopkinsville's yeah. thinking state championship. Callaway's thinking stay healthy and have a productive year. They played them a good game last year. They, they really did. 28-20 in the first round of the playoffs. Yep. And, uh, uh, hopefully they'll be able to build on that. Uh, I'm sure decided underdog in this one. Uh, Hopkinsville with some uh, uh, college talent that uh, probably be you'll be watching play on Saturdays down the road. But um, it, it ought to be a lot of fun. I, I'm really impressed with what Coach Champion has done with the team. Uh, great uh, special teams play. And some kids are really exciting to watch. I really had a good time doing it. And it feels good to be back out watching and uh watching the kids play football yeah i'll be at tillman trig this friday um and then we'll have a reporter at apollo mccracken uh it's district football time uh you know week three teams had to start getting some district games in i will quickly mention uh one game that i think people should go see this friday is murray crittenden it's a good one in mary and i'm telling you i know the i know the in recent years, it's not gone particularly well for Crittenden, but both teams have an incredible amount of talent, particularly on the defensive side of the football. So uh, I, th- I think it could be a really good contest in Marion. And good job by those teams. That was going to be an off date for both of them. Was. And now they're playing. Yeah, that, that brings us back to full circle. Teams are trying to figure out on the fly how to find games, and I think we'll see the same thing at the college level. All right. Ed, I appreciate it. Anytime, Neil. Oh, it's your show. you got to take us out. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Well, I mean, anytime. Anytime you and I want to talk, Neil, we'll do it, buddy. When we feel like it. All right. Right, The, the, the Whenever the Hell We Feel Like It podcast. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, Neil. All right.